The Ruth Frost Parker Center for Abundant Aging presents The Art of Aging, information and tips on how to experience life more abundantly as we age. Our hosts are John King and Reverend Beth Long Higgins, Executive Director of the Ruth Frost Parker Center in Marion, Ohio, an organization affiliated with the United Church of Christ. Hi, Beth. You know, today we're going to explore several ways technology is making it easier to live safer, more engaging and healthier lives at home. We're going to be looking at apps for making friends, finding roommates, getting food delivered, finding transportation, as well as exploring the power of smartwatches and smart speakers. That's a long list, John. So let's get started with a new social media platform called Stitch, which has enabled people over 50 to build new communities of friendship, both online and in small groups. I just heard a whole radio program talking about how difficult it is to make new friends in adulthood. Stitch was launched to address the fact that traditional dating apps were focusing on young people searching for romantic relationships. They are not necessarily concerned about older adults, and these sites don't really serve their need for friendship. Although some people do find romance on Stitch, most people have found new friends with whom they can socialize and connect. You know, Beth, it's not that older adults don't need or want intimate relationships. The bigger issue is just plain loneliness that affects one in five older adults. I've heard the statistic that isolation can actually shorten your life up to seven and a half years. Researchers define isolation as the lack of social contact with others. It can lead to increased depression, heart disease, higher blood pressure. It increases the susceptibility to the flu, earlier onset of dementia, and even suicide. So let's hear from Debbie Oliver, who tells the story of how Stitch has changed her life. Stitch changed my life because even as a working person, I wasn't meeting people. And especially in Arizona, it's a little warm outside. So people have a tendency to not be out and about that much. I would come home, pull my car into the garage, shut the garage door and eat dinner, go to bed, and repeat day after day. And the beginning of the year in January, I had set a personal goal of making more friends. And so I heard about Stitch and in our local area, our health insurance paid for a Stitch membership. So I attended a um, orientation event and it just struck a chord with me. It's that, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a champion. And a champion is someone who simply tells other people about Stitch and then initiates activities. So I started some coffees. I did a lunch. We met at the movies and then we would go out to a, a local restaurant and then discuss the movie. We went to concerts in the park. We did just about any activity that you can think of. What I would describe is that belonging to Stitch, you never have to go to another activity by yourself because it's so easy to invite others to join you. And so that's what I did. I invited others to join me and the rest is history. We have a group of the most 
extraordinary women and, and men. We have some men in our group and we've become very close friends. And I realized too, it's difficult to go to your first event. It's difficult to even join a virtual game and you're coming into a, a group that maybe they know each other and you don't know anybody. So my only advice is just do it. Just do it. Doesn't seem like men are a big part of what you're doing. No, in fact, it's not for romance that I think any of us join Stitch. We have had some guys and there have been some dating, but one of the gals said that she originally joined for romance. And she said, now that I have all these wonderful friends, I don't even think about dating. You know, if it happens, it happens, but I don't even think about it. I'm just so grateful to have all these people that I do things with. You mentioned a virtual game. How has Stitch changed with COVID? Pre-COVID, we probably had three to four activities a week. So now you're playing Scattergories on Friday night, or is it a different yes. game? Tell yes, me about that. Scattergories. Scattergories on every Friday. And we usually have anywhere from eight to 12 people. So are you doing other activities on Zoom? We were doing a happy hour three times a week, but that got to be a bit much. So now I do the happy hour just on Wednesdays and then game night on Friday. We also have a group text of, uh, there's about, I think there's 17 of us now that are on the group text. An incredible thing happened. Yesterday, Chris and I, my sister's Chris, Chris and I, our air conditioning went out and we're going to need a new unit. Well, this is, you know, it's 109 degrees here in Arizona and being without an air conditioner is just a bit of a challenge. And so we got messages on our text from at least five of the gals offering come stay with us and we have three dogs so they said bring the dogs and you're more than welcome are your other friends as enthusiastic as you are i think that each one of them would say that stitch was a very important part of their life because of the friendships that we've developed back when we were meeting in person one gal lost her husband and her son real close together. And so she's by herself. And she said that it probably saved her life by having a group of friends that are there for her. I am so passionate about it. I wanna tell the world because there's a lot of lonely people out there that don't have to be. Anyone over 50 can join Stitch for $5 per month by going to stitch.net. That's S-T-I-T-C-H dot N-E-T. Next, we are going to talk to Francis Krumholtz of Nesterly. Nesterly is a service that pairs older people who have a spare room in their homes with younger people who need an inexpensive place to live. Some of the things that made Columbus excited about getting this type of program, we are seeing a lot of things that would make Nesterly a good fit. So we're seeing 
um, increasing population. We're expecting a million more people to be in central Ohio by 2050. That's doubling our current population. Um, we're seeing rising cost of living. We're seeing increasing property taxes for folks who have been in their home for a really long time. And we've got 90% of our older population wants to age in place in their home. So this is kind of giving them another tool in their toolbox to do that a little bit longer. So if you have an extra bedroom in your house, you can um, create a listing online. Nesterly helps you vet kind of who is coming in. So it's very safe. Um, we run background checks on everybody. There's a complete application. We ask for references. And we also provide a home share agreement that's really easy to fill out and customize and provide ongoing customer support so that it's safe and easy throughout the entire home share agreement. The only age requirement across the board is that folks have to be 18, at least 18 years of age. So I think the, the idealized version is that it's an older adult, so either someone who is recently retired, their kids have recently moved out, maybe they're recently widowed, and then you know I think the imagined hypothetical guest is usually either a graduate student or some type of young professional. But they've seen, you know, this has already been operating in Boston for a couple of years, and they've seen a lot of successful arrangements that don't necessarily fit that mold. So I know that there has recently been a home share that just wrapped up. It was two women. They were both 63 years old, both the host and the guest. Um, they're very good friends now. They're best friends. Um, but that still, that kind of relationship was also formed through Nesterly. We already know that folks want to stay in their homes. Um, this can become a savings engine, right? So it's additional income for people. Um, but I think a really big piece of it too is that companionship piece and kind of expanding your family a little bit, right? By inviting somebody else into your home. Frequently, there are a lot of shared spaces. So someone will have a private bedroom, but maybe you share the kitchen or maybe you share the living room. Um, and I think that we really encourage those kinds of relationships through the program. It's also a win for the guest who can find a more affordable place to live. Another component of Nesterly that I haven't touched on quite yet is this idea of a task exchange option. So if there are chores around the house that the host is kind of sick and tired of, they'd rather let somebody else deal with taking out the trash, we make it easy for them to build that into the home share agreement. So they can say, if you spend up to an hour a week taking out the trash and shoveling snow, I'll knock $75 off your rent or whatever they decide is a fair price. But that way, it is adding a little more structure to that relationship and making it even more affordable for the guests. So social isolation is one of the biggest uh, predicting factors in someone's health and wellness as they continue to age. So Nesterly is not only bringing someone for you to share your home with, share that energy with, but it is such a good, strong connection to another generation also that there is so much knowledge and wisdom that can, can be exchanged in both directions. For more information on Nesterly, you can email hello at nesterly.com. That's H-E-L-L-O at N-E-S-T-E-R-L-Y dot C-O-M. So let's talk about some of the many food delivery apps that make it easy to get meals, groceries, and medications delivered to your home. Okay, John. One of the interesting things about these apps is that they are not designed specifically for older people. Instacart was started by a young man in his 30s who just didn't want to go to the grocery store. Although these can be so convenient, we have to be cautious about the pros and cons of using some of the technologies. Katie White of Age Friendly Columbus shares some of her concerns. In terms of the grocery apps and Grubhub and food delivery, I think those are great options. I would just hope that they're paired with 
some social engagement as well so that we're not continuing to isolate ourselves by way of all of this technology. Um, but I think they really, they hold a place. I know picking up groceries on a rainy day when um, my kids are off school, I love pulling up and being able to just have the groceries put in my trunk and not have to unload them in and out of car seats, right? That's great for me. And so that's great for individuals that are caregivers or if you um, have mobility challenges. So I think they hold a place. I just don't think they're our entire answer. I agree with Katie's points about the strengths and shortcomings, but it sounds like even she has appreciated using Instacart upon occasion. Grocery and pharmacy delivery apps, such as Instacart, can be downloaded on your smartphone. Restaurant delivery apps include Grubhub and DoorDash. Other potential delivery options include Walmart, Amazon, and even companies like Uber and Lyft that focus primarily on transportation. Let's hear more about how Uber and Lyft have changed the traditional taxicab market. I do have a friend whose father was getting to the point where he shouldn't be driving anymore. And so as they needed to encourage dad not to get behind the wheel, they also set him up with Uber. And in his small town, very quickly realized that just about every time he needed to call to go somewhere, the same driver was picking him up. And he felt safer because he kind of developed a relationship with that driver. The family felt very safe knowing that dad was no longer stranded by himself and he could get to his appointments and all on his own. And he felt independent about that. And financially, the family could help to monitor and even help cover some of those costs if those were beyond dad's financial abilities. So there are all kinds of opportunities to introduce this to older adults to help them be more independent in the sense that they don't have to rely on friends or family to get them where they need to go. And believe it or not, it seems like they always pick you up in a much nicer car than an old checker cab. You pay while you're driving there because you're and you're, all your information's in the, the app. And then, you know, when you say, I need somebody to pick me up and take me here, when you do that on your app, you know, it starts counting down. How long is before your ride shows up? The other thing is I was up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I needed to get back to the airport. So I called an Uber at six o'clock in the morning. And my Uber driver was a woman who was over 70. And she decided that she didn't want to just sit at home. She still could drive and had a good driving record. And so she had picked up driving for Uber and she is a snowbird, so she has her Uber license, and she can do that in Grand Rapids when she's up north in the summer. And then when she's in Florida in the winter, she can pick up and do Uber when she's in Florida for the winter. So it's a part-time job that she can take with her, regardless of which part of the country she's living in. So it's also an interesting job opportunity, income producer for older adults. Beth, the point you made earlier about how food delivery apps were not designed with older people in mind is an interesting one. John, the reality is that products that are designed specifically for older people often are not used by older people because it makes them feel old. One example is the medical alert button. They continue to try to put one of those on my mother at the care facility she is at, and she as soon as they leave, she just takes it off. The Apple Watch and other smart watches 
offer older people protection for unexpected falls and many other features without the stigma of a medical pendant. Alan, who is 78, shares the many reasons he has become an avid user of his Apple Watch. I was uh, playing pickleball, and I was backing up, and uh, I tripped over my own feet, I think, you know, to make it simple. And immediately my watch called me, and I look at it and says, do you want to call 911, or are you okay? So, you know, I hit the not to call 911. It was very comforting. Doesn't take any magic to uh, do it. You know, I don't have to have a pendant around my neck. It's just going to be there. I had a great aunt, and she lived by herself, and so we had her wear one of those pendants. And, of course, she hated it, and she'd take it out at night. And the obvious happened. She fell down at night, and it's up on a nightstand she can't get to. She laid there for, uh, I don't know, you know, 10 or 12 hours before somebody delivering food finally said, you know, something's wrong here and called the squad and they came in and got her. I am an avid Apple Watch enthusiast. When they first came out, I bought one. And when they updated them, I buy it. The last one I bought because they have AFib on them. Once about once a month, my heart goes out of rhythm and it'll tell me. I think that I've spent maybe 10 or 20 years of my life with it going in and out and I didn't have the slightest idea. But I like that feature because, you know, I can say, oh, I feel weird. And I just basically just touch a spot on the watch and hold my finger on the stem of the thing. And I can see my heartbeat and see how regular or irregular it is. And then I can monitor it and know whether I have to do anything about it. I, right now, I go out maybe once a month for maybe a period of 24 hours. And so it starts out, it's a, not too good, okay? <laughs> it's, I can monitor it which otherwise I would have to have an EKG or something. And the one thing you worry about in that is that you may have a chamber or a part of your circulation system that it's actually stagnant in. And when it's stagnant in a spot, that's when it'll clot. And if you got a clot and it can go various places, it can go into the heart, the lungs, the brain, you don't want that to happen. Do you use it to monitor any of your physical exercise? I don't do it as much as like my wife does. She does the, all the biking things and counting steps and how many miles did I go on the bike and this kind of thing. Mine, I got set up, it just comes on automatic with it. It tells me, what, you know, time to stand up. <laughs> you um, stood up enough today or, you know, it's got things like a breathe. That's the other one it does. You're not breathing enough. You know, it's just things like that. I could mute them, but I leave them on. I also use the photo feature if I'm working on something and I want to carry the information, you know, I want to carry the information to the store to figure out what part I need or something like that. I'll take a picture of it or I can do the opposite, which is I'm in the store. I can do FaceTime and say, is this the product you want? You know, just so those kinds of things. I've got a flashlight, which is, is amazing. You know, when they designed this thing to put a flashlight and a camera in it were very, were really neat ideas. Yeah, I, I bet I use that flashlight you know, a couple times a month, three times a month or something like that. And as your eyes get weaker, it's also something, you know, you got it back in a corner or something. It's just, I need a light. Well, it's right here. I just, you know, appointments, scheduling, you know, calendar. I do all that kind of stuff. I put all my passwords and combinations and stuff like that. If I go to a place where they have a, a number key lock on the door in a hotel or something like that, I put that in there. Spelling, I use it all the time for spelling. Contacts, got all my contacts in there. Mine comes up and tells me news all the time. Oh, it has weather warnings. 
you know, it tells you if there's a storm coming through. And you can check, you know, how high is it going to help the temperature today. As a matter of fact, it says, you know, it's supposed to get up to 84 today. It's 84 right now. It's, it's interesting when you get to that age because, you know, 80 is just around the corner. Finally, Gina is going to share some of the many ways an Amazon Echo Dot can be used to break down isolation, increase safety, provide entertainment, predict weather, listen to the news, and audiobooks. There are many smart speakers on the market which can provide some of the services of the Apple Watch. The Amazon Echo Dot is one of these speakers that responds to the voice command Alexa. Other smart speakers are the Google Nest and the Sonos One. Let's look at one program that uses the Amazon Dot to change the lives of older people. Frida Bennett, a Del Mar Encore Fellow with the Dayton Foundation, has been working with the St. Mary's Development Corporation and AARP's Connect to Effect program to bring the Echo Dot to low-income residents of elder housing. St. Mary's is an organization that builds affordable housing for low-income seniors. We're piloting uh, a project with AARP Foundation called Connect to Effect, and we have acquired funding to be able to purchase the Amazon Echo Dot. The app that we're going to start off with is called the Community Hub, and that will allow the service coordinators to send out uh, messages to the residents rather than doing the old-fashioned flyers. There are also uh, some other applications that I've been taking a look at that I think the residents are going to enjoy. There are a couple under the category of music, games, and entertainment. Alexa, play Beatles songs. Shuffling songs by the Beatles on Amazon Music. During COVID, again, they were encouraged not to have visitors. So this is an opportunity for them to be able to try some games such as Jeopardy. Alexa, play Jeopardy. This is Jeopardy. And now, here is the host of Jeopardy, Alex Trebek. Thanks, Johnny. And welcome. I haven't seen you in a while. Thank you so much for joining us again. They can also do a health and relaxation. And then there are also what they call connect with other types of applications where they can have Alexa to call a family member or they can set reminders for medical appointments or reminders to take medication. Alexa, remind me to take my medication. When should I remind you? 3 p.m. Okay. I'll remind you at 3 p.m. And they have categories in the area of information where they could ask Alexa to even provide them with updates on COVID-19. Coronavirus update. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Here are some additional examples of what you can do with an Amazon Echo Dot. Alexa, what time is it? The time is 10.17 a.m. Alexa, what is the weather in San Antonio, Texas? Right now in San Antonio, Texas, it's 66 degrees Fahrenheit with clear skies and sun. Today's forecast has partly sunny weather, with a high of 74 degrees and a low of 45 degrees. Alexa, 
Play the Marketplace podcast. You're going to think I'm being facetious, but I'm really not. Who is actually in charge of this economy right now, huh? From American Public Media, this is Marketplace. You can find out more about AARP's Connect to Effect program at connecttoeffect.org. That is C-O-N-N-E-C-T, the number two, A-F-F-E-C-T dot O-R-G. You can purchase an Echo Dot for as little as $20. In our next episode, we'll be meeting a pastor who has recently been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. He and his spouse will share what they have learned and some of the ways they are coping with this new challenge. This podcast was funded in part by the Dayton Foundation Del Mar Encore Fellows Initiative and the Ruth Frost Parker Center for Abundant Aging, a program of United Church Homes. Audio production and interviews were conducted by Del Mar Fellow Eric Johnson. <laughs>